Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? We're back. New week, new us, new guest. We've got an absolute banger today. Murph threw me off a little bit today with, uh, he's recording this show, and he said, let's get this road on the show. So that, that, that got me a little bit squiffy to start with. But Murph, how are you doing, buddy? I'm all good. It's it's Tuesday, uh, day 62 of lockdown. Um, the beard is getting ridiculous at this point, and there's the hair. But we're still going, and um, the good thing is we obviously have shared some news uh, as the time at time of recording. We just put some news out there that our our guide is going to enter the world, which is uh, scary and exciting and amazing all in one go. So. I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing what happens there. How about you? Yeah. I'm good. Well, you know, lockdown's lockdown. Same old, same old. But yeah, releasing the guide today was pretty exciting. And I can't wait to share with everybody what it's going to be about. But that's for, that's for another day, another episode. We should get to today's guest. So Rush Nation, you've probably heard his voice. He's the co-owner of FantasyPoints.com and formerly of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's Graham Barfield. Graham, welcome to Five Yard Rush, buddy. How are you? Doing well. Thanks so much for having me on, you guys. Uh, Adam and I were chatting a little bit earlier about uh, you know the whole lockdown thing and, and what's going on with the sports world. Uh, I'm uh, just happy to talk a little football with you guys today and, uh, and uh, kind of take us away from everything that's going on. 
Yeah, well, this is an absolute privilege. I've enjoyed your, your work for, for quite a while. And then I saw that you popped up at fantasypoints.com. We had Joe Dolan on uh, earlier on the year. I'm a big fan of Joe's work and, and, and love what he does. And, um, you know, he, he, he told us that something special was in the pipeline. And I've seen him and subscribed. And I'm like, this is incredible. Um, you guys are putting together a, a real uh, all-star uh, site. But we're going to get to that in a, in a moment. But, I mean... Ha- Obviously, it's a really difficult time to to launch the site. How how has the initial sort of launch been, and and the the response to it? Sure. Um, yeah. Look, I mean, there are so many more important things going on right now than uh, launching a fantasy football site. Um, we obviously had no clue that this would happen, and we had been planning this for you know since early in the year. Um, you know. Honestly, like for us, really, you know, we're kind of just waiting on word whether or not there's going to be an NFL season. And if there's not an NFL season, then, you know, everybody's going to be out of luck. Um, So it's definitely been difficult for sure to launch during this. Um, But, you know, I just feel super fortunate and super blessed to to just be a part of such a great staff, like you mentioned. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm, I I don't know, we'll, we'll see if there's an NFL season. But right now, I'm just completely dying with no sports. I'm I'm going through like all YouTube clips and watching James Harden highlights and uh, just trying to get my fill that way. Yeah, I mean, I'm so glad that the last dance, uh, the documentary is is going because that's giving me something I know it's a look back, but it's still an amazing uh, documentary. And that's kind of keeping me uh, alive at the moment, plus some really at least a lot of podcasts are still going and um, as you say, YouTube videos, but it's a very strange time. I, I can't remember ever not watching live sport for as long as this. It must've been since I probably started watching live sports because it's just, it's just a, a strange world. But I, I, the one thing is, I think we were talking is we're hopeful that football should go ahead in some form. Um, this is obviously recorded off the back of the news yesterday that the NFL games won't be in London, which is completely the right decision. Uh, it's a sad thing, but um, you know, I, I know we'll get the games back in 2021, so it's going to be fine regardless. We just get through this year. Um, I think it's just keep the same mentality up. But let's let's kind of revert this into into you a little bit, uh, Graham. And for those that maybe aren't familiar with you, um, which I don't know why, um, and uh, hopefully by the end of this, they definitely will be and will be consuming a lot more of your content. But what was it that sort of got you into in the football and then talking about fantasy football for, for a living? Sure. Um, I have always been a humongous sports fan. Like I always knew that I, I wanted to work in sports. Uh, I've been following football, baseball, uh, soccer, basketball. I mean, all, all of the sports, even golf, just so closely since I was a kid. So it's always been like deeply embedded in me uh, to follow and watch sports. So, um, you know, like around you know, I was like maybe 18, 19 years old in college. I'd been playing fantasy football for a long time and always loved it. But um, I was a finance and economics major in in college. And I started like learning how to, you know, build spreadsheets and build statistical models. And it just kind of was like a natural uh, crossover, I guess, between, you know, my love and passion of football and sports in general um, and, and, you know, understanding how to build projections for players. So um, it's kind of been a long, um, slow burn, I guess, for, you know, kind of building up into this career. I never would have expected that I would be writing about fantasy football full time at any point. Um, And I, you know, I just feel really fortunate to do it. But, um, 
you know, I always knew I wanted to be in sports. I always loved sports and football has always been my number one passion for sports. And um, yeah, I just feel very fortunate. I get to do this every single day. Uh, it's amazing living, living the dream. And then uh, obviously with some of the places you've worked, it's, it's been a, been a bit of a privilege, but who who is your sports team and, and why'd you follow them? <laughs> so I actually don't have an NFL team. Uh, I'm way more interested in the players and just, you know, how they're, you know, they perform on the field. I've always, I've always been a player first uh, person. And that's mostly because I grew up in a very rural part of North Carolina here in America. Uh, we didn't have a football team like close by. I mean, the Panthers were, were uh, just starting out. I was born in the late uh, early nineties and the Panthers had just started when I was like four or five years old. And, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to latch onto a team that hasn't been around for a long time. So I grew up, just being obsessed with like Randy Moss and Dante Culpepper, Marshall Falk. Like, um, and I started playing fantasy football, like really young too. So I think that's kind of helped, uh, uh, you know, kind of make it player first. I do have a baseball team though. I'm a, I'm a Braves fan. So at least I have that going for me for baseball. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but uh, yeah, that's, that's it. I mean, for football, I mean, if I had to choose, I'm a Jag- I guess I'm a Jaguars fan because I, I lived in Florida for a bit and lived in the Jacksonville area, but yeah, no, no NFL team. That's fair. And I, I think if, uh, I think it's, I'd, I'd probably choose no team over, over Jacksonville as well, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, no, no disrespect Jags fans, but you know, I, I lived in Florida as well. And uh, did you? Yeah. I lived in Orlando for um, okay. five and five and a half years. So I'm a Bucks fan. Um, you used to go quite a bit. Um, actually went to the Super Bowl when we when we won it in 03 um, wow. which was pretty cool so um, yeah I moved there in 2000 um, moved back in 2005 wow so, so yeah, yeah so I yeah I mean I've been watching football a long time and uh, yeah I can I can understand why you wouldn't support the Jags and, and the Panthers <laughs> I support those well, decisions yeah I mean so I grew up in North Carolina moved to Florida when I was like eight or nine uh, the Jags were so bad all throughout I mean, my yeah. childhood. And I mean, my, my dad and I, we had season tickets, but we went to the games just to go see the other players. Cause Peyton Manning was still, you know, obviously Peyton Manning was in his prime and we just go see him go watch Peyton. But, uh, yeah, that's funny. I have a bunch of, um, Adam, I have a bunch of, fr- um, friends and family that live in Orlando. So I did not, I didn't know we had that connection. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. We have to explore that and see if we know mutual people. <laughs> I'm sure we do. Yeah, it's not that big a place, despite what people think. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's not a big city at all, and there really aren't a ton of people that live there. I mean, it's definitely. Uh, I'm not sure if you when if you've been back recently. It's definitely grown. I've not um, no. some since the 2000s, but um, but yeah, it's still kind of a kind of a small city. It it really is. Like people see Orlando, they see like Disney. It's like oh, I host Disney. Disney's not in Orlando. It's in Kissimmee, which is just outside. Exactly. And then the city itself isn't isn't. I mean, it's not it's not tiny, but it's not it's not big by any stretch, as you say. And it's mostly sort of highways. So I four cuts through the middle of it, and um, yeah, you live in small little areas uh, of it. So I enjoyed high school there. I'm not going to lie. High school as an English kid uh, in Florida was was pretty good. I (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I lived there, and and uni uni was good too. So. Nice. I, can't, I can't fault it. Yeah, I mean, growing up in Florida in high school is like perfect. I mean, you got uh, Orlando's inland in Florida, but you're still like an hour and a half away from all the good beaches and stuff. Oh, so yeah. That's, that's nice. Easy, easy to get to. I, my school was right opposite Universal Studios. So wow. um, we could literally okay. just uh, bunk out of the gym and just go over to 
to Universal and just go go ride some coasters. That's awesome. That is awesome. Get out, <laughs> yeah. get out of class, and then just go ride the Hulk over at Universal. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, just casual. Jurassic Park was the one at the time. That was the. Yeah. It was funny. You'd be sitting there in maths. We had these porter cabins because the school just expanded so much, um, and we had these porter cabins. And these porter cabins were just. You'd be in them, and it'd be classes of like 25, 30 kids in this, in this tiny porter cabin. It'd be hot, it'd be sweaty. So you'd open the windows, and you'd open the windows, and you'd just hear screaming from people riding <laughs> Jurassic Park just all day long. And then you'd be oh. running you'd be running track, and you'd just be watching people climbing the, the high peak of that. And you're just like, this is just nuts. I That's went amazing. To, yeah, I went to Catholic school over here, so it was quite a change. Oh my God, completely change. You go, go from Catholic school, schoolboy to, to watching people ride roller coasters as you're uh, outside. That's awesome. Yeah, that was cool. But what was more awesome was the fact that you ended up working at the, at the NFL. So how did that come about? How did you end up working for, for NFL.com? Because that's, sure. that's sort of a, a dream job for most people that we know. Sure. Yeah. I, um, you know, I, I have been really fortunate to work with a lot of smart people before that. You know, I, I started back in 2013 writing uh, for a small blog called, uh, called Blindside Football. Um, got picked up uh, with JJ Zacharyson. I'm sure you guys know him from, mm-hmm. from Number Fire. Uh, worked for Number Fire for a couple of years, then, then uh, was like a you know, co-writer at Number Fire and Fantasy Labs and Roto World. Um, and then uh, John Hansen from the old Fantasy Guru site brought me on uh, right as I graduated college. And I worked for, uh, for Guru for about three years. Um, and, uh, you know, the NFL network had an opening, um, after some, some folks left there in 2018. And, um, I never expected to work at the NFL network, uh, never expected to be on TV. Uh, but it was definitely a dream come true. There are just so many countlessly like talented people over there. Uh, Marcus Grant, Adam Rank, uh, just so many, just incredibly, uh, talented people. And, um, you know, working at the network was a dream come true and something I never expected to do, but I always wanted to own my own business and I always wanted to own my own site. And, um, you know, I never, once I got the job at the network, you know, in 2018, I never expected to really move on. Uh, but you know, this, this opportunity with the, uh, with fantasy points and, uh, the, the opportunity to own your own company is, uh, was just, um, it was honestly just another dream come true. Um, network is, I mean, it was an incredible place to, uh, to work. I got to go to a, a game in London. I saw the Seahawks and the Raiders play and the Seahawks just absolutely obliterated the Raiders. It was like <laughs> 2018, uh, Derek Carr got sacked like 54 times in the game. <laughs> Russell Wilson, uh, just completely ripped the Raiders to, to shreds. But, uh, yeah, I got to do just, just a bucket list of, uh, really cool things. I'm just so fortunate, uh, to, to have done at the NFL network and, um, yeah, I, I, their, their fantasy department is, is definitely moving in the right direction. I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Cause they obviously lost a, a lot of folks and, um, Marcus was pretty much building it back up on his own and then with fabs and then you joined and it's like, he must be thinking, man, not again. <laughs> <It's leaving." laughs> yeah. Marcus is my guy, man. He he's weathered it out. He he's a pro he's a, uh, he, he, he'll, he'll, he'll weather it out again. Uh, it's definitely hard to leave the pod for sure. Cause Marcus, Marcus is just such an incredibly gifted host and just so, so good at fantasy, but also 
so good at hosting and so such a consummate pro. Uh, I, I loved working with him. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I can see that we had Marcus on a while ago when he was on. He was uh, recording outside of <laughs> outside of the office. So he's standing in like the car park, and you can just see the NFL sign in the background and everything. Great. It's like this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for those listening, you know, you, as you said, you you kind of graduated from uni, you got a job doing what you love, and then you get to go live a dream and work for the NFL Network. Now you're owning your own business. People listening, perhaps who uh feeling inspired by this and then they definitely should what what advice would you give them about following their, their passion or whether it's writing or talking or podcasting or, or getting into media or just anything like that um what what advice would you give them you know right now i think we live in such an interesting time where everybody has the ability to create content for the most part i mean we all have access to uh to research stats and and write articles and stuff i think the, the biggest piece of advice is to like find something niche that works for you. Um, whether it's, you know, creating good YouTube videos or exploring more on Instagram, because I think there's not nearly enough fantasy content on Instagram right now. Um, for me back in 2013, and this really doesn't apply now because Twitter is really blown up and especially fantasy Twitter, it's really hard to, uh, to, to start from nothing and, and gain a following. But on Twitter, you know, in 2013, when I first started, it was really small. I mean, they're just, we're, we're not, they're just, I mean, there isn't like, I want to say at least 70% fewer writers on fantasy Twitter back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I, from a timing perspective, I think I got really lucky um, because, you know, I was working really hard to, to kind of build up a following on Twitter, but I mean, it was also at the same time where Twitter was just exploding, especially for fantasy sports. Um, that's now kind of shut down in a sense that like it's, it's, there's so many voices and so many good analysts that Twitter is at times like clogged. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think my, my biggest advice is like, don't get discouraged just because um, you don't see like immediate success. I mean, it's going to take years of grinding and, and hard work um, but that but the right people will eventually find you. If you, if you grind and, and work hard enough, the right people will eventually find you in, in this industry, because in this industry, I mean, it just has a, a natural way of like, if you create good content and you, you know, handle yourself the right way and go about things the right way, the right people will eventually find you. Um, I, I think right now in fantasy, it's such a fun time. Like there's so many different times so many different things that you can explore in the space, especially with, you know, here in America, sports gambling is finally uh, coming around. I mean, before this whole, uh, you know, COVID-19 situation, sports gambling was exploding in the United mm-hmm. States. And now there's kind of a reprieve, obviously, because there's no sports. But, I, you know, I think if anybody's looking to get into the space and in, in the media, um, in sports media especially, um, taking any any way they can get into the sports gambling arena to create content around it or create games around it uh, is that's where all the growth is at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm really excited. You know, we'll, we'll eventually get through this as, as a world and the sports sports will come back and they'll be better than ever. But I'm really excited to see what people do when it does come back, because I think the whole sports gambling arena is just still waiting to be untapped and it's waiting to explode. Absolutely. I, I watched the program on Netflix the other day and it's like a 10 minute short about explaining different things. It got it ranges from medical science to 
Bitcoin and stuff like that. And one of them was e-gaming. And it was just showing you how big e-gaming is now compared to five years ago. And the growth in that is absolutely phenomenal. So if sports gambling and stuff like that can, can follow that sort of footpath, and I think like you're, you're right, Graham, I think there's something to be tapped into there. But let's get back to fantasy. Let's talk about your 2019 fantasy season. How, how did it go for you? Uh, 2019 was one of my favorite years ever because I had all of the Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> I had like I had Lamar Jackson super late. I had Mark Ingram in almost every team. I had Mark Andrews on a bunch of teams. So uh, the Ravens were, were like the theme of my 2019 season. And uh, yeah, it was definitely a good, a good one. What about you guys? How did you guys fare? I played in 30, I started in 36 different leagues. And then oh my gosh. A few, um, took home nine championships. Wow, that's really good. Yeah, I, that's really I, good. Did, I got a are, bit are, lucky in that week 14 exodus. So um, the way I structured my teams was RB heavy, um, wide receiver in the middle rounds. And then I just dumped tight end. I just completely dumped it. And luckily I picked up Darren Waller everywhere. Um, and, and Mark Andrews and a few. So um, I constructed a strong team and injuries came. It didn't bother me all that much. I didn't lose too much. And then when that mass exodus of week 13, week 14, where people were losing Godwin and people were losing Evans and, and all these players, I hadn't invested that high up on the wide receivers. So my guys were just getting it done. Um, and that kind of got me through with, with the depth of running back. So um, yeah, I think I think that strategy will work again this year, Adam. I mean, I think I think we'll see in the first couple rounds, we'll see running backs fly off the board. The, mm. the mid-round wide receiver range is incredible this year. I mean, like Terry McLaurin and DJ Chark are six-round picks right now. I exactly. mean, that's that's going to be amazing. Um, so you played in, in over 30 leagues. Were all of them? Did you have to set a lineup in every single league? Yeah, lineup. I mean, oh Stocks and I co-owned uh, quite a lot of those. And okay. you know, we, we tried to keep them in in the same app um where possible um we played all sorts we played idp we played auction so we host a lot of listener leagues um so i think 12 of those leagues were i think even more actually probably 14 15 of them in the end turned out to be some form of listener league um because over here in the uk you've got a lot of people who are into fantasy football but perhaps don't have nine friends that are into fantasy football um so we're trying to build a community here where people can conduit and you know, can, can drop a message and leagues get filled with active players. And that's kind of what we're, uh, we're doing is, is making sure that you get good leagues and good people. And we're, we're hosting a lot of those leagues ourselves and it'd be wrong for us not to have a team in there. So we have a team and um, we offered up t-shirts to every league that, that we were in. And so we were incentivized to, to win those leagues so we didn't have to fork out as much for for t-shirts so <laughs> we won we won three of those um three of the 12 which was which was nice and then yeah, yeah old really school good. leagues i won my home league for the first time ever which i'd never won and you know i had lamar silly late in that league and things like that so yeah it it just worked out it, it just not panicking do well on the wire and and yeah just not investing too much in in the wide receiver positions because there was, it was so deep. Um, just didn't panic and just took, took my guys Cooper cup late. Um, we had a good run. Scott fishbowl. We were a bit unlucky not to, not to make the, the final 200, but we made the final 400 and, that. and it was a good season. I, I loved it. I was like you, one of my favorite uh, seasons to date. Cause I rode most of the way as well. Yeah. Last year was um, last year was a lot of fun because like you said, really no running backs got hurt until, you know, like 
really no running backs at the top got hurt. Like everybody stayed healthy. And we, we, the waiver wire last year was so bizarre in the sense, like I've never seen a a year in fantasy where the waiver wire was so barren, you know, for most of the year, especially running back. I mean, you could never pick up a running back off the waiver wire last year and start them like week over week. Like you were always riding with, you know, the, the guys that you drafted. Um, I think, I think that'll reverse a little bit this year. I think we'll probably see some injuries at the running back spot and there'll probably be a few waiver wire gems just because that happens every single year. But yeah, last year was especially bizarre in the sense that there just weren't many major running back injuries outside of Saquon. That was really it. Saquon and, and Kamara were kind of like the two and then Dalvin Cook and down the stretch who I just refused to draft at his ADP because I was just convinced at some point he's going to blow up. And Yeah, yeah, you say that, but the league we drafted, we only drafted him once and the league we drafted him in, we won. So, <laughs> but, but did Dalvin Cook contribute to the win since he wasn't available in the playoffs? Well, he got us to the playoffs. Okay. And therefore, if you're not in the dance, you can't dance in it, can you? So Dalvin yeah. took. Listen, I know your hatred for Dalvin Cook is strong, my friend, but it's, it's not a was... hatred for him. It's just there's no point investing in a player who's not going to play. <laughs> That's my philosophy. It's just what's the point? That's I mean, a long just... running feud. <laughs> no, it, it it makes sense though. I mean, Dalvin has definitely like he's gotten unlucky with injuries quite a few times. But last year, he was a league winner before before going down. This year, I mean, now he's a bona fide top five pick. Um, and there are people that are taking Alvin Kamara over him. And yeah, I don't really, I don't really get that either. I'm, I'm, I'm more with you on that, Murph, that like, I tend to, I tend to play a little more conservatively in the first couple of rounds of drafts. Um, and then I'll, you know, I usually take on risk after the third, fourth round, but first couple of rounds, I'm usually a pretty conservative player too. Well, I'll, I'll snap Dalvin up everywhere, and then hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, he stays fit for the year. But you, you never know. <laughs> well, <laughs> some of us know. Some of us know All he's right. gonna get, he's gonna get hurt next year. We don't know no, when. You it can't could be early. Say that. Of course, again, he will get hurt next year. He will not play sixteen games. Okay. I, I really? categorically go on record now and tell you, Dalvin Cook will not play sixteen games in twenty twenty. Now that could be because the league schedule stops or whatever. I'm just telling you now. He's not no, no, games. no, no. It has to be injury based. We will come up with I, a bet for this, but it has to be injury based. We can do whatever bet you want. It's water bet, whatever you like. I'm not fussed. <laughs> no, I don't do well at water bets. I lose a lot of money. In, money um, in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> so let, let's talk some fantasy football strategy then, Graham. Do you have anything specific you do for working out your strategies for the season, and how do you go preparing for your drafts? Yeah. Um, in terms of strategy, like last year, I, I kind of did what, what Murph did. I mean, I, I went pretty running back heavy in the first couple rounds, and I think that's going to happen again this year. You're going to see, man, I mean, like the top 20 running backs this year are really, really nice, and they're all going to fall off the board in the first three rounds. But after that, the running back pool really dries up. So, you know, for like year-over-year year strategy, I, I always dra- draft my quarterbacks late. And if you're in a league that you have defenses and kickers, you obviously want to draft those, you know, in the last two rounds because uh, those are just super replaceable positions. You're always going to keep, you know, churning through those positions. Um, but my strategy usually changes, like, you know, in the rounds that matter, you know, rounds one through eight, those change every year. I mean, there were some years where it was most optimal to take zero running backs just because there, there were not that many good running backs. Um, there was like eight or nine, you know, legitimate bell cow backs like back in 2015. And I remember, you know, those years wide receivers were flying off the board just because they were just the safer assets. Now it's kind of flipped back to the old way of playing. You, you draft your running backs 
really early. Uh, and then you kind of just don't touch the position again, uh, unless you're just taking some upside shots. So, um, you know, a few things like, you know, always drafting your quarterback late and, and those onesie positions, you're always going to draft late. Uh, that, that strategy will always happen uh, every single year. But for just your typical redraft leagues, uh, I'm, I'm, usually, I'm usually always changing my strategy based on the scoring settings, the, the, the players that I'm playing against, like knowing the draft room, knowing, uh, you know, how sharp the draft room is, is always really important. But uh, scoring settings is like, one of the biggest edges you can get against your gets your opponent. If you understand the scoring settings better than your opponents, then you are automatically have a leg up. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. We we did a few leagues last year where the kicking scoring was vastly different, and people were drafting kickers way too early, and it just it just didn't work for the for the scoring we had set because basically the only way a kicker scored points was if he scored an over fifty yarder. Otherwise, it was basically if you didn't draft it in the last round you were overvaluing your kickers but people were still taking the buckers and uh, the tuckers way too early so wow. yeah the we, fine we, detailing in the scoring is we we penalized misses more so you gotcha. penalized an extra point at minus three if you missed one that's harsh wow but because Losing. the because and, and we fixed the overcorrection so it was three points across the board if you made a field goal, if it was 20 for 20 or 50, didn't matter. It was three points. That's what it's worth. Um, but we did short field goals were minus three. So up to 20, anything in 20 yards, uh, like 29 yards down. If you missed that, that was minus three because that's effectively a turnover. Right. It is. Yeah. So that's yeah, how we that's saw interesting. it. And an extra point, I think, yeah, extra point was we viewed it as the same. Um, maybe it was minus two. It was minus two or minus three. But again, we, we upgraded that because we wanted there to, the strategy was for you to pick a kicker who was going to be consistent and not miss kicks. So you had a slight advantage taking a Justin Tucker, for example, but you right. didn't have that advantage taking a Butker who misses a, a boatload of extra points. Um, you missed like four or five last year and, and that's, that's going to kill you. Um, I, it's funny. We had Marcus on the show. I must've been 18 months ago. Mm -hmm. um, and he, he, it's his biggest bone of contention is the scoring of kickers. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, five points for a 50 yard. I'd like We had penalties. If you missed anything, it was only 50 yard of pluses that you didn't get any points off from his field goal. Hmm. It was like 40 yards was like minus one. Uh, yeah. Kickers. And this is, this maybe speaks to a broader point, but like I typically try to stay away from leagues that have kickers just because the scoring is so random and, yeah. and it kind of doesn't make any sense. And honestly, like Marcus has talked about this and I talked with Marcus a lot about this, like quarterback scoring also doesn't make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's in one quarterback leagues guys, like it almost doesn't even matter. Like mm -hmm. you have, you know, you had Lamar Jackson back there. Uh, you know, he was a huge difference maker. Patrick Mahomes is always a difference maker, but everybody else after those two guys are kind of all the same. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. So one of the things we've done with our guide is I did a, I did a stream last year. So I was streaming a player every week off our waiver wire article and the parameters were the person had to be 30% owned or under. And mm -hmm. as soon as they were under 30, as soon as they were over 30%, I couldn't pick that player again. Um, and I picked a different player um, every time. I ended up streaming the QB2 behind Lamar, like just every week, just picking up a, a different yeah. player who was under 30% owned in an ESPN league. 
So, you know, you could pick up Tannehill. He was available until like oh. week six, like week 15 or something was only when he, his ownership went over 30%. Ryan Fitzpatrick at the end came through clutch. Like he was massive. And that happens every single year. That happens every, every year. single year where you can get a quarterback on the waiver wire that either you start in great matchups or you end up, you know, they end up just dominating like Fitzpatrick and Tannehill did. You just start those guys regardless of the matchup. Um, and yeah, I mean, this speaks, this is just to, uh, this is just my broader point is like, you should never take quarterbacks early and it, it's going to be painful to not own Lamar Jackson and, and Patrick Mahomes. Um, but that, that position is just so replaceable and there's so many good quarterbacks that you can find off the waiver wire in week, you know, on a weekly basis that, that provide not as much upside and they're definitely not as fun to watch. It's not, I will definitely uh, never I'll never argue that watching Ryan Tannehill as your starting quarterback will be as fun as watching Lamar Jackson. That's just not possible. But, um, but yeah, I mean, for, for fantasy, if you're looking for optimal strategy, it's, it's never wise to draft your quarterback early. Well, I, I'm yet to find somebody who took Patrick Mahomes in the first three rounds and won the league. Yeah. And I'm sure there are people that did it, but I guarantee you that percentage is less than 5%. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you're just missing out on all of the great running backs. I mean, you'll notice it, especially this year. Mm. After the first three rounds, those running backs are are pretty barren. I mean, you know, Mark Ingram was a running back. I was drafting in the fourth round of every single draft last year, and he was just a rock-solid RB2, scored 15 touchdowns, like was just uh, just huge uh, for his for his value, for his draft cost. And, and this year, you know, the Ravens just drafted J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram is still a fourth-round pick. Uh, just to give you an idea of, like, what the running back landscape is looking like for, for redraft this year, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a year where you're, you're going to want to be out of the first four rounds, at least with two running backs, I think. Yeah, I, I think three in, in most cases. I think cases. that's possible, too. Unless you get, unless you get a, a steal that falls into your lap in round two uh, or round three. I just, yeah, I, 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 for me, I think, I think I'll be taking three running backs in the first four rounds in most leagues. I mean, there may be different scoring settings and different formats that I might change that up. Superflex, for example, will right. be a, an example where that won't be the case. But yeah, I, I don't think I, because I just think if you can nail a, a wide receiver one in the first three rounds and you can pick up three top 24 running backs, I just think you're, you're lined up set because you're going to get a, you're going to get another potential if you pick the right guy i mean you're getting godwin in round five last year he was a wide receiver one there's a load of good round five guys uh ridley um dj moore you know there's, there's a lot of talent in that round five wide receiver pool robert woods is is going in the very late four oh. five five these are all the sorts of guys i just will scoop up and give me them i'd love any of those guys on my roster as my wide receiver too I love Robert Woods this year. Love oh, Robert same. Woods. He, he's going to be on almost all of my teams in, in the fourth and fifth round. I mean, he's been a top 15 fantasy receiver, top 16 fantasy receiver for back-to-back years now. Mm-hmm. And now Brandon Cooks is gone. Yeah, and his touchdown numbers have nowhere to go but up. So, <laughs> Literally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's just like you're going to get, as long as he maintains similar metrics to last year with less competition on the roster, so it should be injuries the only thing that's preventing you. And then I still have – I have no idea how he only scored two freaking touchdowns on 139 targets. I mean, that's just, that just doesn't happen. I was just so unlucky. 
watch Robert Woods score 10 touchdowns this year and, and win all of our leagues for us. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. That touchdown, that touchdown progression is going to come. <laughs> you had it here first, Rush Nation. That's, that's, that's your steal. If you get no other takeaways from this, which you should, then, yeah, draft Robert Woods everywhere and win your leagues. <laughs> Bingo. So, Graham, why don't you let us into what fantasy yards created metric is, fantasy points and fantasy strategy, you know, the metric you created. When, when did you create that? Yeah, yards created is something I started um, back in 2016. Um, you know, I was, you know, reading a bunch of great articles about, you know, oh, this running back is very good at creating yards in his own, or this running back is, is fantastic at uh, forcing missed tackles, or this running back uh, is very good at running off tackle. But I, I never really saw a lot of great numbers to back up the arguments. Um, so I, I took it upon myself and with some help from Matt Harmon, who, who does reception perception and which is just an incredibly genius idea. Um, I, I came up with, with yards created for, for college running backs and really what yards created attempts to do is it doesn't necessarily divorce running back play from offensive line play, but instead it kind of just gives context to both. So on a per play basis, I chart every carry that a running back makes I, I chart, you know, the yards that they create on their own and, you know, opposite of the offensive line play, you know, the offensive line will open up a certain amount of yards per play uh, for the running back for a whole, you know, the holder that they run through. And then, you know, once they get to the second level, I then chart the yards the running back creates on his own. And I take it a little bit further and, and, and look into, you know, like, you know, which guy, you know, which how many blockers are on the field, how many defenders are in the box, you know, which direction the play is going and what kind of concept the run is. But the, the basis of yards created is simply, you know, just how many yards does a running back create on his own. And uh, this is now my fifth season doing it. Um, and, you know, some of the results for the top guys have been really, really promising. Uh, just looking back through some of uh, the data, like Ezekiel Elliott in 2016 is still top five in yards created per attempt over the last five years. He's remained in the top five. Joe Mixon was a yards created favorite. So was Kareem Hunt, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara was super uh, yards created showed that Kamara was super undervalued coming out of college at Tennessee because in Tennessee, he, they, he basically was not used as a featured player. They kind of used him as a bit player, but, but yards created a love, uh, loved him. Um, so I, I think, if anything, you know, I, I, I didn't want to go in. I didn't expect to go into this yards created thing, uh, expecting it to be like, you know, a, a number and a metric that we use to project players. I kind of wanted to use this like more of a descriptive, like, oh, this is how this player wins. Uh, but I think it has proven to be, uh, a, you know, fairly predictive of, of future fantasy success. It definitely has. So how do you how do you chart that? Is that pure tape watching or is that? You, I mean, is it just you that's watching tape or do you, do you chart it uh, another way? Yeah, it's just me watching tape. Um, I watch, like, I, I can't even, I could count it up, but I've watched like probably 10,000 carries over the last five college seasons. Um, it, you know, it's definitely, it takes a lot of time in like February, usually after the Super Bowl, uh, after February and March, I, I usually get in the bunker and, and try to watch all the guys that I can and then from there, it's then like distilling all the numbers and data into something that's uh, readable for, for people. Uh, but yeah, really, it's just I'm a one man charting crew. I, I watch as much as I possibly can and, uh, and, and try to take as much data from you know, what we see uh, and, and convert that into to like something that we can use and, and project from. 
that's that's amazing and and for 2020 it's going to be ex- exclusively found on fantasypoints.com i believe so why don't you tell listeners uh you know we, we've sort of talked about fantasy points through through this podcast but talk to us a little bit about who who's involved um how it came about um what what's going to happen you know what what the site is because i think it's brilliant I've, I've had access already and um i've really enjoyed uh, a lot of the content on there but why don't you sell it yourself and uh, explain sort of why it's going to be the, the number one site in the business uh, this time next year when we speak <laughs> i hope so i hope you're right appreciate appreciate you checking us out yeah fantasy points um is a project that we we've been working on for a few months now uh, John Hansen is the founder. He's uh, uh, like a legend in in the fantasy space. Like he's uh, had the number one fantasy rate, uh, highest rated fantasy show on SiriusXM uh, radio here in the states uh, for like the last oh my god, at least the last ten years. Uh, so John is the founder. We've got uh, two uh, excellent, excellent uh, staff writers, and Joe Dolan, who you mentioned, has been on the show, and Tom Brawley. Uh, who is he's heading up all of our like gambling content Uh, and Tom is like the best season-long fantasy player I've ever played against like he I've literally never played in a league uh, against him where he's not been at or near the top three like he is just one of the most competitive players and one of the sharpest players I've ever played against Uh, we've got Scott Barrett uh, previously worked for pro football focus he's going to be heading up our our daily fantasy content uh, and writing a bunch of really cool stuff for that uh, we've got Greg Cosell writing uh, rookie scouting reports. And and honestly, like I say this just truly as a fan of Greg's, like he is my favorite football analyst and I, I'm not really sure it's close. Like he just has such a, he does such a remarkable job of, of not only being like level headed with his opinions, like he's never going to give you a hot take or try to like, you know, just try to like stir, stir up a conversation. He's always just staying true to his process. And I, I really always appreciate Greg's intake. Um, and finally, we've got Ben Kukanis and, and Ben is uh, not creating content, but he is like the guy behind the scenes doing all of our producing work, editing all of our stuff, like making every sh- making making sure we look and sound pretty on the site. And he's uh, just an absolute legend and and the MVP of the site. That's awesome. And you forgot yourself. What, what are you going to be well, doing? <laughs> I mean, I'm not that important. Um, no, I, I, uh, I do. I'm going to be doing a little bit of everything. So I've got my yards created thing. Um, I, that originally, uh, I, I started that on a small blog, uh, and it's kind of bounced around and I, I wrote a little bit of it at Roto world. Uh, but now it's, it's always and forever going to be on fantasypoints.com. So any of the yards created stuff that, uh, you see or hear all the articles and data will be housed there. And, um, yeah, I'm going to be doing a little bit of everything. I'm going to be helping, uh, with the DFS content, doing a little bit of gambling. I'll obviously be doing a bunch of like season long strategy stuff to help you get prepared for drafts. That's really going to be the base of what I do is, is helping people get prepared and how to strategize for their drafts this summer. Uh, so we already have a bunch of content, uh, written, uh, breaking down all the big free agency moves and the drafts on the site and, uh, fantasypoints.com is free. It's free for uh, until we know we get an NFL season. We don't feel comfortable, you know, making people pay for something that we we frankly have no idea if there's going to be a season and uh, when it does happen, when it will start. So all the content will be free for the foreseeable future on FantasyPoints.com. And uh, yeah, we just have you know an incredible staff. I mean, honestly, Murph, like I consider myself to be like at the bottom of the staff just because there's so many talented people. Uh, on the team and uh, just really happy to be to be a part of it 
I can see where you feel that, but I respectfully uh, disagree with that. Although <laughs> the staff are, are, are great. And as you say, Greg Cassell, he, he wrote the draft guide. Would you guys allow people to download for free if they signed up? And that was, that was amazing just to get his insights on that on paper. And, you know, it's, it, it's amazing because he writes as he speaks. So you feel like does. You've got the, the Greg Cassell, yeah, you've got Greg Cassell's voice as you're reading it. It's, it's a pretty unique experience. And I, I love that guide. Um, Love, I loved everything that's set up. You guys got a Discord channel as well, so people were just getting in there, talking draft, um, which is which is pretty cool. So it's uh, it's all going on, and uh, it's a good place. There's quite a few Eagles fans in there, probably far too many for for my liking. So I just tell Joe that I was there when uh, the Eagles lost the last game of the vet, and he just sort of goes very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've got so Joe is an Eagles fan, Ben is an Eagles fan, um, John is not an Eagles fan, but he's from the he he lives like 30 minutes outside of Philly. So yeah, we've got a lot of Eagles connections. Um, they were very happy with the Jalen Rager pick, but they uh, were a little confused by the Jalen Hurts pick. Um, so uh, anyway, yeah, I mean we've we've got just such a great staff. I mean we're we're not only doing like Discord channel for our subscribers, but we're doing like live streams like at least two to three every single week during the off season. In fact, tonight I'm doing a uh, live stream of a, uh, of an NFFC best ball draft. It's like 35 rounds, super intense. And I'm playing against like way sharper players than myself. So I I need to be on my A game tonight, but we're going to be doing stuff like that for, for everybody uh, this off season. So uh, yeah, check us out. I mean, we'll have live streams, podcasts. I mean, pretty much everything uh, that you'd want. We'll we'll have. Definitely. I, I couldn't recommend it more. Uh, I've been enjoying it. I've been on the site daily, um, consuming stuff and just enjoying your, your metrics already up there as well, which is awesome. So just uh, go over to fantasypoints.com make the most of it while it's free. And then even then you're, I guarantee you'll probably subscribe because the content's just too good not to. So um, hopefully we just get a season in order for that to happen. Fingers crossed. Fingers yeah. crossed. I, I think, you know, if I had to bet, I, I think there will be a season. It's just going to be a lot different than, uh, than what we're accustomed to. I think we'll, we'll probably, what will most likely happen is we'll probably see no fans in the seats, but uh, I'm really excited for the 2020 season or this upcoming season, whenever it does start, because everybody is just going to go crazy for football when it's back. Yeah, absolutely. Although I keep telling people there is a good chance it won't because bad things happen to Tampa. And just after we've made some key signings, it would be the most Tampa Bay thing ever for the season to be canceled after we lashed out all that money in free agency. (laughs) It would be. And you guys, you know, you guys got a great tackle in the first round, not only added Tom Brady, got a great tackle in the first round. I mean, uh, as a Bucks fan, you've got to be like the happiest, like you've ever been going into an off season, right? Yeah, I mean, it felt pretty good in the early years. Um, but yeah, I think since uh, since the Gruden era, definitely. Um, there's a lot of feel-good factor in there. Uh, a lot of Bucks fans I speak to are excited. And um, yeah, we're just hopeful there is a season. We could we just all keep saying to ourselves there probably isn't going to be one because it would just, it would just be a Tampa thing that, that we wouldn't get one. Um, the same way that we were telling ourselves we weren't going to get Tom Brady because just, who, who, why would he come to Tampa? But it's it's a wild ride. Um I believe it when I see it. <laughs> so I keep telling people. Um, we've got a few minutes uh, left, about five or so minutes left, and appreciate the time here. Um, just to look at, a quick look ahead to 2020 in terms of rookies that you think uh, are going to make an impact in year one that you're going to be aggressively targeting in your dynasty rookie drafts and, and dynasty startups this year. Sure. I mean, you know, I would have said 
a couple couple weeks ago, I would have said like Clyde Edwards Alaire because you know before the draft, Clyde Edwards Alaire was going in like seventh, eighth, ninth pick of drafts, but now he's shot up all the way up the board. He's the consensus one hundred and one in rookie drafts now. Uh, all of the running backs like Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers uh, are all going to go in some order in the top six or seven of rookie drafts. So it's not that you can necessarily aggressively go after those, uh, those guys, but one wide receiver that I'm in absolute love with uh, that you can get fairly easily in your rookie dynasty drafts is Michael Pittman. Uh, Colts drafted him uh, at 34 overall second wide receiver off the board in the second round. And Michael Pittman is going to play, uh, every single snap starting in week one for this Colts team. He has like one of the highest floors for uh, a rookie wide receiver in this class. I think he does everything exceptionally well. He doesn't have necessarily one standout trait. Like, you know, when you watch CD Lamb, you're like, wow, this guy is incredible within the open field. And I just has such a knack for, for making players miss. Michael Pittman doesn't necessarily have one standout trait like that, but I think he's going to immediately uh, see targets and, and dominate targets there for Indy and really they outside of T.Y. Hilton they don't have much competition for for passing looks there so I'm a huge fan of Michael Pittman in the second round and I like Anthony McFarland the Steelers running back they drafted in the fourth round quite a bit uh, James Conner has not been a bastion of health over the last couple years and Anthony McFarland actually led my yards created metric with 5.89 yards created per attempt that was number one in the class and I think McFarland has a lot of talent that is uh, just waiting to be tapped into in the NFL. And I think the Steelers is such a great landing spot for him. Nice. That's a, that's a a good bit to digest. Um, I definitely love Pittman. I think he's going to be awesome. Uh, McFarlane. Yeah. I I just worry. I hope he just doesn't get buried there. That's kind of my only, my only thing there, but he very well could, but you know, it doesn't take a lot to invest in him. You know, McFarlane will be a third round pick and a lot of those third round picks and rookie dynasty drafts don't have a very high success rate in any way. So I, I like his upside quite a bit. I'm with you that, you know, James Conner's still a good back. And in his final year, he's, he's going to be trying to prove something this season. And they've still got Benny Snell and Jalen Samuels are good players too. So definitely a crowded running back room. But, but yeah, I think McFarlane has, has a good deal of upside. That's fair. So last year, 2019, who were the players in the top 24 running backs, wide receivers that you uh, think are going to be uh, suffering a dip and are potentially going to be overpriced this year due to their finishing spot last year? Right. You know, I think, I think, I think Dalvin Cook is going to be a top five, top six pick in, in every single draft. And look, I mean, he was fantastic when healthy last year, but I'm kind of with you that his, his upside is now like, there's just almost no equity uh, in his pick. Like Alvin Kamara uh, is, is consistently going off the draft board behind Dalvin Cook. Um, I, I'm with you on the cook take, but my, my biggest fade this year, uh, it's going to hurt uh, quite a bit, but Nick Chubb is going just way too early. I think right now uh, he's going as like a, as a late first round pick in a lot of leagues that I've been in so far. And once Kareem Hunt joined the Browns midseason last year, Nick Chubb's passing opportunity uh, just completely fell off a cliff. They were both like top 12 fantasy running backs at the end of the day, uh, but but Chubb's ceiling because of you know Kareem Hunt taking all those targets uh, was was really dampened. And I think Chubb could be a beast on the ground this year. Like he has an outside chance to lead the league in rushing. That's that's not hyperbole. He he's going to be really good on the ground. But you know to spend a top fifteen pick on a player that really won't be involved 
on passing downs. You know, if you, if you play in PPR leagues, one point per full reception, like it's, it's really hard to, to invest, I think, super heavily into, into Chubb this year. And, and he's going in a very similar spot to where Derek Henry is. And it's the same yearly argument you have with Derek Henry. If you played the card last year in the top, you know, I was getting him in the third round consistently hammering him thinking, well, I buy into his opportunity and his upside to just have big games and buy into that. And it worked out. But if you're getting him at the tail end of the first, I've seen him going at like the 106, 107. I'm like, same here. I can't do it. I can't do it either. Uh, in in standard league, I'd think about it, but I I definitely couldn't do it in a a PPR league or half PPR league. Because as you say, it's just giving up a little bit too much of an, of an advantage there. There's just so many other guys you could, uh, you could go for. Yeah, I mean, Nick Chubb was Chubb was a th- late second round, early third round pick last year. I mean, yeah. there is there is a lot of leagues where I got him as my my RB two, and um, you know, you're pay- now you're paying a full on RB one price for him. So yeah, yeah, and it, it just there's too many good guys there that I think can leapfrog him. Um, it's pretty close, and uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think he's down a tier in my leagues this year for sure. Um, I know we talked about quarterback scoring, probably affecting the position and it not being overly relevant, but there's always a guy who was outside the top 15 or a rookie who's going to come in and, um, and make a huge leap. But out of the guys that were outside that top 15 QB, is there a guy laid on that you think could be a sneaky play to, yeah, to potentially break into the top 12 or higher? You know, I like Daniel Jones quite a bit as a late round pick this year. Uh, last year was really up and down for him. Uh, just simply because I don't think he, he had all of his weapons healthy. I mean, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley, Golden Tate never shared the field together last year. And, and Daniel Jones was still a top 15 fantasy quarterback. Uh, this year, all of those guys are healthy. And, and Daniel Jones showed you know, last season he could be a, uh, a rushing and scrambling threat. So I, I like Daniel Jones quite a bit as like a 10th or 11th round pick this year. I think he has. I think he has legitimate top eight upside because of the scrambling. And with with fantasy quarterbacks, we want our guys to be able to run with the ball. And, and Daniel Jones, quietly, you know, in thirteen games last year, had you know, two hundred, nearly two hundred eighty uh, rushing yards, and he had two scores. So I think there's some room for growth there too. Hundred percent. It's like we're saying for the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> he loves Daniel Jones this year. It's so good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We so did, uh... if if we've taken anything away from this. Draft Robert Woods and Daniel Jones anywhere, everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And, and don't draft Nick Chubb, Derek Henry at their current ADP. And uh, in rookie drafts, get yourselves plenty of Michael Pittman and uh, Anthony McFarlane, and you're set. Yeah. That's it. That's Again, the we, we, we fixed fantasy football for this year. For this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's the key. But no, it's, it's crazy. Like Daniel Jones like had a, a, a number of just humongous fantasy games last year and had like just – like a couple games where he was basically just putting up like 10 to 15 points. Right. I think with, with getting all of their guys back healthy, another off season, they added another offensive lineman. Like I think this giants offense has a lot of fantasy appeal for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I still don't think they're going to be a great team on record, but I think they're, they're definitely going to be a team to watch. Well, that could be good for that could be good for us though. If the Giants aren't very good, if their defense stinks again, that means they're going to be throwing the ball more, and that means more fantasy points for Daniel Jones and all the receivers. Exactly. <laughs> That's why you buy into it because I think yeah, I think they're still only going to win six or seven games max. But yeah, I think they're going to trail in a lot of games and be slinging the rock a lot, which I think is going to it's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, it should yield some points. And don't be afraid to take your your Darius Slaytons and 
Evan Ingram's if he's fit and you know you can get a good discount on Evan Ingram right now I think he's dropping in like the eighth round or stuff and that's a good that's a good range to take him it is you know he's been a top four fantasy tight end whenever he's healthy like if you look back at uh, since he's entered the league, like only Zach Ertz and George Kittle and, and Travis Kelsey have seen more targets, have caught, you know, had more exceptions, have more PPR points. I'm I'm definitely with you on Evan Ingram too. I think Ingram and, and Jones are like just two great values in drafts right now. And I don't really see their, I don't really see their ADPs rising too much uh, throughout the summer, especially with Ingram because so many people are so afraid of his injury history. Yeah. I mean, imagine you could own that entire stack. If you have the 102, assuming that, CMC is going to be the most consensus one-on-one running back since David Johnson in 2016. Um, you can take Barkley in the 102. Then you could take Evan Ingram at, you know, you might have to reach for him and get him at the 702 or maybe the eight. Yeah, probably the 702 you'd have to get him. And then you could draft Jones at like the 1102 and you could own that entire stack. And that could be an absolute winner for you this year. I may have already done that in a league. Maybe. <laughs> just saying. That doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me. Well, we, we've we've pretty much just given a, a fire fantasy take there. But what is your one final question? Final one. Fun, fire fantasy hot take for 2020. Sure. Um, Michael Thomas has been the the number one fantasy receiver for back to back years, but I think he's going to get usurped this year by Devonte Adams. I think Devonte Adams is going to finish as the wide receiver one in fantasy football this year. I think he has a chance, legitimate chance to see 180 targets because the Packers, for whatever reason, decided they didn't want to draft a receiver and give him some help. So Aaron Rodgers is just going to absolutely pepper his guy, Adams, with a bunch of targets this year. And, and Devontae was, you know, had a weird 28, uh, 2019 season. I mean, he missed four games, got a little bit unlucky, I think, in the touchdown department when he was healthy. You know, this year he's going to come back fully healthy. The Packers don't have any wide receivers, and I think he's a safe bet to score more touchdowns. So my really, I guess my my, it's not. I don't know how hot of a take is this is because Michael Thomas has been so good, but I think Devontae Adams will be the uh, the number one scoring fantasy receiver this year. That's like spicy. <laughs> I like it mainly because I own both of those guys on my home dynasty league. So oh my goodness, either way, you were probably yeah. racking up points, man. <laughs> yeah, that is not a bad that is not a bad duo, duo to have. No. That's good for a good few years. Yeah, that that cash machine keep paying out. Oh, I will. Don't you worry about that. Well, Graham, <laughs> it's been an absolute blast having you on, buddy. Why don't you let Rush Notion know where they can find you on Twitter and yeah. uh, where everything else you have is out there on the web. Sure. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. This was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, fantasypoints.com is where all the content's at. Again, it's free uh, to sign up. All you need is uh, just an account to sign up. You'll get all the content free for the foreseeable future. Uh, all of our podcasts, live streams, all of that stuff are free too. You can subscribe to our podcast channel on the site. We have a bunch of links to wherever you listen to your podcast. And I'm at Graham Barfield on Twitter. Very simple. No underscores, no, uh, no crap. So uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me on guys. And uh, this was a lot of fun. I'd love to come back if, you, uh, if you'll have me. Oh, we'd love to have you back. Maybe we'll get you on before the season and That'd be uh, great. See, see how your drafts have gone and see how many of those uh, giant stacks you've got. Yeah, that sounds great. We'll see how much Robert Woods we both have too. Oh, probably every, probably every league. <laughs> be the same for me. Yeah, I love it. Marvellous. Well, Graham, listen, we'll definitely have you back on. This has been a blast. Murph, you stay safe. Keep washing those hands. Doing what you're doing. Rush Nation, until you're next here from us, as always, don't forget, keep rushing.
The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 